0: Let's get more perspective on those San Antonio Spurs with former player, current Spurs analyst, Sean Elliott, joining Hi. us here on the show. Sean, how are you?
1: I'm doing all right. What's happening?
0: Uh, Doug and I are trying to figure out why we both took Charlotte today. There, have you seen that score? That one's gotten out of hand.
1: <laughs> Is it bad?
0: <laughs> uh, oh, it's really bad. 128 to 95 Pacers.
1: Oh, what? really? Yes. Yeah. that's bad. Yeah. Wow, that's shocking. You know, it's shocking, but then it's not because – this has been a year of just unpredictable games and blowouts and uh, the underdog beating people they're not supposed to. I mean, it's just been kind of chaotic, you know? Yeah. So it's surprising, but then again, it's not.
2: You know, Sean, before we dive totally into to your club, uh, speak to the people we've been talking about. Uh, obviously, you know the uh, – kings haven't been in the playoffs for 15 years but when we talk about a young team and we talk about the ability to understand what it takes and why all these different fundamentals and things are important the difference in playoff basketball and regular season basketball why is it important for a team to get to the playoffs and experience that
1: wow I mean so many reasons Doug uh you know our guys need to feel that experience they need to feel that pressure Uh, that's to me is where you really uh, blossom and where you grow is during the playoffs because ultimately for you guys and for us, uh, you're striving to become a playoff team that, that, you know, takes a deep run into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You don't want to just get there and get knocked out in the first round. So for me, it's important for young teams to get a taste of that, just to taste that intensity, see how the game is different. uh, See the focus and the attention to detail that you have to come with uh, when it is playoff time because it's entirely different. You know, when you're in the regular season, games are coming at you on a conveyor belt. And one night it's Indiana, the next night it's Charlotte, the next night it's San Antonio. So you don't have a chance to really focus in on that team. But when you have a playoff situation where you have a best of seven, teams can focus in on your strengths and weaknesses. And so it forces young players to develop their game. If you're one-dimensional or two-dimensional, you, you can only do a couple things. Come playoff time, that's going to be exposed. And it teaches you and it, it shows you what you have to do better or what you have to get better at in order to take the next step. And so, uh, I mean, we've seen that for, for lots of years, and that's why I think it's important for us. I know that you guys obviously are out of the playoffs, but it's important for us to uh, try to win these playing games and, and get that needed and that valuable experience.
0: How ready do you think this group is? I know Sean; they didn't play their best coming in. Uh, they're below 500, but it's one game. They certainly can beat Memphis, but just physically, yeah. mentally, with Coach Pop and the the staff, how how ready for this challenge are are the Spurs?
1: I think they're going to be ready. I, I think they'll be you know, as ready as they can be. Uh, I I firmly believe that you know we have the best staff in the business. Uh, you give Pop a couple games, or you give him a couple days. And you give that coaching staff some time to kind of figure out a game plan. And if they can get a, a first or a second look at you, uh, you know, I really like the adjustments that they make. And I like their, their ability to make adjustments on the fly and get their guys ready. Uh, you know, Obviously, i played plenty of years with Pop during the playoffs. And uh, he's just uh, incredibly meticulous uh, in the game plan and his approach. And so I just don't have any doubt that our guys will be prepared. But all, all that being said, they've got to go out and do the work. They've got to go out there and they've they've got to play hard and stick to the game plan, and trust what the coaches are telling them.
2: In one of the matchups, uh, John Morant goes for 44. When you look at Dejounte Murray, yeah. the growth that that he continues to make, what do you need from Dejounte to be successful for a playoff run?
1: Uh, he's got to take on a true point guard mentality. Uh, he's been he's been doing that. I thought at the beginning of the year. Uh, he was fantastic. He didn't turn the ball over. Uh, he really did a great job with ball security. Uh, he played solid, contained defense. He didn't gamble very, very much. And he's tr- still figuring out uh, which shots to take and uh, when to kind of set the table for everybody else out there on the floor. And I think that's going to be key uh, because this kid uh, tomorrow, John Morant, uh, you talked about 44 in the first meeting. I-, I saw that game. And we had no answer for him. He continually got in the lane. He got whatever shot he wanted, and then uh, Doug. They came to San Antonio. I want—I want to say it was late December, maybe early January—and we had a back-to-back with them, and they put a whooping on us both games. wasn't close, and so they—they they presented a little bit of a problem for us. And uh, I've said it—I said it in our last telecast that John Morant, to me, out of everybody that I saw this year, he's one of the top five most impressive players that I saw this year.
0: Interesting, as we're talking with. Spurs analyst Sean Elliott. Sean, um, this is going back during the season, but besides the talent, which is an immense amount of it with Lamarcus Aldrich, how much other impact did that ultimately have not having him on the back half of the season?
1: Oh, well, you miss a lot of experience. That, that's the biggest thing. Uh, you need another steady uh, veteran voice in that locker room, and uh, that was something that I feel like we missed uh, down the stretch. But our, our guys, you know, they adapted, they adjusted pretty quickly. And, you know, the way that uh, L.A. fit into our offense, we had other guys that could do, you know, almost similar things uh, by committee. Yaka Pertl uh, does a great job blocking shots, rebounding, and the floor. And actually moves better when it comes to setting screens and roll to the basket. So, uh, you know, I thought he did a really nice job taking over for L.A. in the starting lineup. And then we have a kid, uh, Drew Eubanks, who comes off the bench and provides a lot of energy, physical toughness. He's a little bit of an enforcer. He's not afraid. Of anybody that he faces, and he's super athletic, and he just never stops. So those two guys, I think they spelled L.A. by committee. But you, you can't replace that experience that he brings. You can't expe- replace that locker room experience, and so uh, that's been hard for us.
2: John, when you when you look at Pop, you've been around him for a long time. He's had uh, you and uh, David Robinson, then you go to Timmy and Manu and uh, all the different players. Has this been at all kind of refreshing for him to have to go through the teaching <laughs> process, or has this been yeah. frustrating as hell? Uh, it's
1: been both. <laughs> it's been both. Uh, you know, I, I uh, texted him, you know, because – you're like me, though. You know, I, 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 we're not allowed to be around the players. I haven't been around the players at all this year. You know, I, this is the first year that I, I haven't had a dinner with Pop. I mean, I haven't seen him since uh, last summer. Uh, so it's just been texting or a few phone calls uh, here and there. And, and I've texted him earlier. I said, hey, looks like you're having fun with these young kids. And he said, he's having a blast. But at the same time, uh, I know the mistakes are driving him crazy. Uh, because sometimes the mistakes are, I mean, I, I don't know how to sugarcoat it. I mean, sometimes they're just outlandish. <laughs> sometimes you see you see the mistakes and you go, I mean, a kid in high school wouldn't do that, right. you know? Yeah. But maybe a kid in high school would because I haven't seen a high school game in a long time. But, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> it's like, wow, wow. You know, you can't believe some of these mistakes um, that are happening. But uh, it's what you get when you're developing young players and, you know, I, I've said it several times on our telecasts. I implore the Spurs fans just to stick with us and realize that, hey, these young kids, are they're going to learn. And so right now you're going to see a calamity of errors. And, and you know, Pop, I, I think he that frustrates him uh, to no end. But at the same time, to watch his kids blossom and get better uh, game by game, I, I know he gets a kick out of that.
0: You know, Sean, yesterday Doug and I on the show were talking about the excitement here in Sacramento to find out that Doug's teammate Chris Weber and his coach Rick Adelman are going to be into the Hall of Fame uh, this later this year. Mm-hmm. But this weekend, Tim Duncan went in. He was a teammate. Pop was there. I mean, it, it got emotional. Just your thoughts, your reaction to, one, your teammate going in and just that whole presentation for, for Tim Duncan.
1: Just uh, vintage Timmy. Uh, he's just an amazing uh, human being. And, uh, and I think uh, a lot of people got to see a side of him that they didn't know existed. Uh, because he's been so quiet and, you know, he's kind of reserved and, you know, holds everything close to the the vest his whole career. And so I don't think people really realize what kind of personality he has. And I I think they saw some of that. And I I thought his speech was eloquent and really beautiful. And it was nice that he uh, really took the time to thank pop and uh, gave a little insight into the man that pop is as well, because, you know, we talk about it and I've talked about it, uh, you know, for years uh, that, you know, pop can, boy, when, when the ball's up and, you know, the, the lights are on, the popcorn's popping, don't make a mistake. You know, he can be a hard ass for sure. But after the game, he's going to hug you and he's going to love you to death. And he's a big giant teddy bear. And I, I think Timmy kind of, you know, expressed that when he talked about how Pop came down to the island and sat with his family and he thought that was normal. And you just don't see that with anybody else. And you don't see that with, uh, other player and their coach's relationship. So it was really nice for him uh, to talk about that. I, I really got a kick out of that.
2: I, I did too, seeing, seeing that side of Timmy and the, the nervousness of him uh, <laughs> having to speak in <laughs> right. front of everybody. I was I, I was tickled and the, the emotions were, were fantastic. Uh, talk a little bit about Manu because he's uh, he's going to be coming up next year and what he's meant for global basketball. Uh, you, you look at what he'd done in the Olympics all the time in uh, San Antonio. was does Manu mean?
1: Hey, Ma- Manu janobi is uh, another just, I mean, I don't even know how we got these guys to be honest with you, Doug. <laughs> well, he, he's just an incredible person. Yeah, uh, He really is. He's, you know, he's just a really considerate uh, person. Uh, I remember one time I was with Manu somewhere and he had gotten this, uh, this deal for, uh, you know, a, a, a Soft drink, I believe it was, and we were talking to him, and he came around and he realized that uh, you know after he'd signed this deal that uh, this soft drink was really sugary and maybe it promoted uh, obesity with kids, and he was beside himself. Mm. He was just like, well, you know, what do I do about this? And you know, most guys they don't even care about that; they're just there to take the money. Mm -hmm. That's like that's like one example of Manu, and uh, you know, he's. I, I would say that of all the players I've watched over the years, uh, when you talk about just that competitiveness, that fire that you have inside of you just to win, I'm putting him in the class of Kobe and Michael Jordan. Mm, That's how fanatical he was. uh, Tim Duncan told a great story. They were at the practice facility. It was preseason. They were just running pickup games, and the ball was on the floor, and Manu was diving on the floor for loose balls. And he he actually dove for a loose ball and he slid underneath Timmy Duncan's legs, so he's on the floor looking up at Tim and Tim's looking down on Manu. Looked at uh, Timmy and he said, "Too much." Manu <laughs> 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 he's like, "Yeah, Manu, may, maybe a little too much, you know." But he can't he, he can't turn it off, you know what I mean? Yes. Like I, I said, I said one time, you know, if there's a loose ball on the floor. That's like, you know, that's like you drop a, a hot dog in front of your, your dog or a sausage on the floor in front of your dog and you ask him not to eat it. Mm-hmm. He's, going to, he's going to tear it up. He just can't help himself. And so this dude had competitive fire like uh, no other. Um, he played hard for his teammates. His teammates always came first. He didn't care about any accolades or anything like that. So when he goes in the Hall of Fame, there will be uh, another guy that is just, uh, you know, uh worth, just you know incredibly worthy
0: that's awesome well sean we appreciate the inside hope uh, your year went well we hope next year's back to normal we get to see you in the arena and uh take care and enjoy this uh postseason run
1: that'd be nice good luck to you guys thank right,
0: you sean, sean Elliott. too much yeah. too much that's classic yeah, that is that is <laughs> that's a big time actually that speaks a lot about manu ginobili all right break time